Move over, boys. It's time for She's on the Mic with Bethany Bowman on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome into She's on the Mic. I'm your host, Bethany Bowman. It's Thursday, which means just three more days until the divisional round game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Kansas City is heading on the road, and it's the first road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes, who has played 12 at home prior to this matchup, and of course, three at neutral sites for the Super Bowl. To help us get ready for the matchup, tonight we're bringing on two guests, one from Kansas City and one from Buffalo. First, Josh Briscoe of Sports Radio 810 here with us tonight, and then we'll hear from Maddie Glab, Buffalo Bills team reporter, later in the hour. Let's get right to it, starting us off strong. If you don't get enough Josh Briscoe in your life from the day show, here he is with us tonight. Josh, appreciate your time and uh, joining us here. Hey, thank you for having me. I uh, absolutely reject the idea that anybody hasn't gotten enough of me. Uh, but regardless, I'm happy to be talking to you tonight. Oh, yeah, they have, but uh, I like you, so it's okay. <laughs> um, let's just get right into it. You know, what are your, like, three biggest keys to Kansas City getting a win in Buffalo on Sunday night? The biggest thing is the self-inflicted stuff. I mean, it's the things that have derailed this team so far this year at different times. When you get an untimely penalty or an interception popped off of your receiver's hands or a fumble at a bad time, a trick play that backfires, I, I'm kind of thinking of individual plays, a missed shot down the field. You know, I, I'm thinking of individual plays when I say that, but there could be two or three examples, I think, for just about all of those categories that I mentioned. And so not, not falling into that pit is going to be hugely important. So that's the biggest thing. The second thing is keeping the rotation going of Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, those being kind of the, the three-headed monster for this Chiefs offense in terms of weapons for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and then uh, we can dive into any of these in more depth that you want. But the third thing is I'll go to the other side of the ball and, and just try to figure out what the Chiefs are going to do to offset what the Bills can do, and specifically Josh Allen, especially with his legs. And, and can this defense continue to hold up their end of the bargain? They've been doing it all year, so of those three things I mentioned, I would actually order them in the way that I just gave you there. Number one, mistake. Number two, the top three uh, weapons on offense. And number three, the defense doing the thing that I expect them to do, which is to at least hold Josh Allen into, uh, I don't know, enough of a bind that the offense is going to have a chance to win the game. I like it. And a great point, you know, just making sure that we're not hurting ourselves is a big thing. You look at the receivers in the Dolphins win, even though weather conditions kind of crazy. Um, Rishi Rice, great game, 130 yards. And um, over the last few weeks, he's really stepped up and established himself as the guy. Travis Kelsey, seven receptions for 71 yards, I believe. And then you, you got like Justin Watson and Noah Gray had 20 yards. MBS only had one catch for eight yards. But the biggest thing that stands out to me from that game is you know he didn't have a big drop and you know no disrespect there but uh you just you got to have those guys that you know aren't making plays to hurt themselves so I, I think that's that's a great point that sometimes less is more in production for this yeah. Chiefs receiver group yeah I, I think that's true and it, it's also a little bit of a catch-22 because I do think at some point if we're talking about an AFC championship game or we're talking about a Super Bowl Lord willing I'm not going to get that far ahead of us but if we're talking about games against better defenses, I do think eventually the Chiefs are going to need a deep shot. They're, they're eventually going to need MVS over the top, McCole Hardman over the top. At least the threat of it being something that the Chiefs can hit and can take, I think would really be impactful for this offense because we're talking about this in the zone today, but like trying to figure out how the Bills are going to defend the Chiefs schematically and, and where they're going to try to cover up some of their gaps. 
the, the Bills are on, not an exaggeration, like their fifth string middle linebacker. Yeah. I mean, it is bleak. He got his first snap, <clears throat> excuse me, he got his first snap of this season with the Bills uh, last week in the wild card round. It was the first time he got defensive snaps this year. That's probably their starting line linebacker. So all of that to say, against the Bills, I, I don't think I'm wearing Homer glasses or, you know, rose-colored glasses or whatever. In, in saying that leading up to the Dolphins game, my, my belief in the Chiefs' offense increased and increased and increased throughout the week because the Dolphins were so banged up, so injured, that there were going to be ways for the Chiefs to get a, just to keep good drives going, essentially. On the other hand, could, could any of the weaknesses the Chiefs have shown offensively could that be matched by what the Dolphins were going to do? Well, they were super injured across the defensive line, so the tackles weren't a problem, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that to say, I think the Bills are in a similar spot right now for me where I'm, I'm seeing the flaws in their defense, and I'm seeing them line up pretty well with what I want to see the Chiefs try to do on Sunday. So I, I am encouraged. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, and we're going to talk with, like I said, Buffalo Bills team reporter Maddie Glab. Um, she's going to break down a very lengthy list um, of injuries. You know, I think it was 11 guys as of yesterday either did not practice or were limited. Um, so that is going to be a struggle, I think, for the Bills defensively, maybe give the Chiefs some opportunity to uh, look a little better on offense and then maybe, like you said, against a, a full team we might. Um, the Chiefs, though, and Bills, obviously so much history with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm so excited. It never disappoints. Looking at their head-to-head -head stats, Josh Allen um, versus Patrick Mahomes, 134 for 220, um, or excuse me, of 220, so for a 60.9 completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's also rushed for 321 yards on 59 carries, averaging 5.4 yards per carry. Um, with two touchdowns, he has two fumbles and one fumble loss. Patrick Mahomes just a little higher, 166 for 245, and that's a 67.8% completion rate, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, 35 carries for 200 yards. He's uh, not rushing quite as much as Allen, but a touchdown there. And then same, two fumbles and one fumble loss. So they're pretty similar. Like I said, Patrick Mahomes a little bit higher on the completion percentage, but uh I guess how do we how do you slow Josh Allen down? I know that the Bills are going to be looking for ways to do that for Patrick Mahomes. What's the key for Josh Allen? It's going to be interesting because one of the parts that has changed since the first matchup is that Drew Tranquil is going to be out there in this game. And Steve Spagnuolo is talking in his presser today. I mean, he carried this in the zone. So if people want to hear it, they can do it. That is in the podcast feed even uh, in the zone today. But Spag talking about the middle of the field is, is kind of where I, my head is at right now talking about having Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil on the field together, and I, that, those are the Chiefs' two best linebackers, and I, I like Billy Gay, and I like the Chanel, but I think it's Tranquil and Bolton. But he, he says basically like having two Mike linebackers on the field, two guys who can run the show and control things, and that it's beneficial to each of them to have the other guy out there. They can both talk to the other half of the line, and, and that, that he trusts those guys mentally. That matters a lot in a game that's going to have a few things. One, is the Bills just trying to do anything they can against a really good Chiefs defense? That ended up kind of devolving into a lot of horizontal stuff for Stephon Diggs last time. Legarius Steed was great in that matchup. Can they create somewhere else? I think if you are trying to create, you, you're probably going to get a little bit of deception going. You're, you're going to try to do a little bit of trickery, and that's something where, where Bolton and Tranquil in this defense has been really, really good at communicating. Even just passing, passing guys off in zone coverage has been something that this team has been so good at this year. But 
there's all of that surrounding the biggest thing that I still think is also going to probably come back to the linebackers is what happens when Josh Allen looks around, is it pressured, but doesn't have anybody open, and he takes off. And really, even in the design runs, what happens when Josh Allen is using those legs? And, and I think that ends up being a question that only uh, Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay, Leo Chanel can really answer. That's a good point. Uh, we have to give a, a lot of credit to, to Spags, Coach Steve Spagnola. Uh, you know, Andy Reid gets so much credit for being an offensive mastermind and, and all the things that they're able to craft up on the offensive side of the ball. Steve is starting to, to really show that creativity and, and, and that mastermind on the defensive side. I was just watching a clip today um, from the Dolphins game where they, like, you know, showed two high, then went to one, and then back to two. I mean, the things that he's having his guys do, and that's a credit to the players, too, because you have to be, you know, not only great football players athletically, but um, intelligent enough to be able to, to you know, navigate and, and do all these different looks that Spags is able to put together. But it's just been so much fun to see the defense come together after all these years. It's It's been the offense. Yeah, excuse me. I think it's a great point. I think that's a, a great way of looking at it because it is collaborative. It is what is Spags doing and does he have the players to pull it off? It ends up being kind of part of the, like, uh, the, the – worst days of Daniel Sorensen's career or even like the Ben Neiman days. Guys that Spags trusted to be out there but didn't quite have the physical tools to pull all those things off. Well, right now he has a physical, aggressive defense and guys who are smart and, and, and quick enough both mentally and physically to pull all those things off. That little carousel of cover one, cover two, cover one, that brilliant and perfect fast. I guess it was cover two, one, two. I think I got it backwards. But showing things like that to get in the head of Tua Tagovailoa last week is something that Spags has been doing to rookie quarterbacks for a long time, not that specific safety movement, but just that idea of what can I show you that's going to make you hesitate? Because hesitating in the NFL is ending the play more often than not. That's all it takes is, is to freeze, hesitate. Maybe you sail that path because you, you uh, see a safety somewhere you didn't expect to see one. Maybe you take a sack because everything kind of slows down and you freeze. But he is so good, to your point, he is so good at week by week, schematically, having different things for different teams and different opponents. There are some defensive coordinators around the NFL who, to great success, will say, we're going to play our scheme, our defense, use our players, we're going to win with dudes. And some, some guys can do that. What Spags is doing to me is the even more impressive way of going about it, which is that I am going to have something dialed up every week for every opponent, and we're going to see what we can do to, to make those guys stumble. And I think if they could do that to Josh Allen on Sunday, they might win this game by two possessions. And Josh Allen said this week, it's two teams that are very familiar with each other, so the wrinkles that they put in, that we put in, that we adjust to, those are going to be key to winning this game. Of course, he's referring to um, how you know each team is able to counter the defense of course, we've always seen special plays come out in the playoffs, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you thought Andy Reid couldn't get any better, and you thought this offense didn't have any more tricks up their sleeve. Do you feel like there's still a lot to be shown from this Chiefs offense? I think there's at least something to be shown. I, I do think there's a really good chance that we just see, like, some weird motion that we haven't seen yet. I also think that we've seen some of those, some of those trick play motions sort of set up that we've seen are, are really just to set up spinoffs, essentially. You know, you're, you're going through and you're showing all of this and putting all of this on tape for a defense. Uh, you know, for example, the Isaiah Pacheco one that, that ended up in a fumble and backfired in a big way. 
eventually, you know, that, that handoff goes to Mahomes and he throws the ball, and sometimes Pacheco keeps it, or any of those kind of big spinning, uh, dramatic motions where, where Pacheco, like last week, faked the toss really hard and then kept it. Eventually, he's going to pitch that ball, and you're going to see, again, it's just, just about stuff that you can do to surprise the defense. So I do think we'll see some of that, but I, I think the most important thing is going to be that this offense continues to have staples. Staples of Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco. How can those three guys, more than anybody else, help you move the football? Can you? Is there consistent stuff you can go to? Easy buttons, if you will. And if they can do that and then sprinkle in a, a trick play here or there, which I, I think you're right, I think we will see again, uh, then, then I think this offense is going to continue to at least be the best version of itself in the 2023-24 season. Buffalo radio analyst Eric Wood mentioned this week the key, the key to slowing down Mahomes and his weapons begins with the defensive line. Do you agree with that? I, I guess it could if it's good, um, but I don't really think the Bills are necessarily in a spot to be a team that does it that way. I, that kind of was the case against the Raiders. Like Max Crosby just had a really, really good game against Juan uh, Morris, which, you know, he's a rookie and he got kind of baptized by Max Crosby. There's better better linemen have lost to worse defensive linemen than that. You know, I, I'm not too worried about, you know, Wanya's long-term future off of that game or whatever. But it, it, when you have a guy wrecking in the pass rush, I, I do think that is the way to get there. You can't blitz Mahomes. It just doesn't work. So you have to create pressure with four. But, I, I again, I think philosophically I kind of I do buy that. Practically for this game, I'm not sure we're going to see it look that way. Um, this is kind of a crazy question because we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, and this just seems like a guy that um, you really just can't rattle and you can't shake, but he is playing his first road playoff game. He's played 12 home playoff games and three in neutral sites, which were the Super Bowl. So um, this is unfamiliar territory for him. And although I think he's um, you know so composed and, and such a competitor, I just find it a little hard to believe that your first time on the road – can't be a little difficult i'm thinking you know back to like high high school or college for me which is obviously way less of a caliber type situation but i i think if i had played so many games at home and um knew that i had my home crowd and then i had to go on the road i i can't help but think that would uh you know rattle me just a little bit yeah it's wild isn't it i mean just the the stat itself seems unbelievable because he has played so many stinking playoff games that they've never had. I mean, obviously, the Tampa Super Bowl was sort of a road game, but it was a truly neutral site. So uh, that, that stat is unreal. It goes to show how good they've been in the regular season and how good they've been in the postseason. I would be really surprised if we see something resembling a rattled Patrick Mahomes. I, I think it is different, and that's worth noting. Um, and, but uh, like he's still been good on the road in general. I, I kind of think, and maybe there's a chance it's backfired, I kind of think we get an amped Mahomes where it, there, there is the chance for him to kind of be a little bit of a villain in somebody else's stadium. And, you know, he's ended plenty of teams this season, and he's, he's led devastating drives on the road in the past. But I, uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a very unique and very strange experience because, again, this is something that's literally never happened, and that's unbelievable. But I, I think we're going to get a very dialed in and uh, hopefully villainous Patrick Mahomes because I'd, I'd like to see him, you know, work the crowd a little bit if he uh, if he's feeling it late in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen is just going to hate it if he comes oh. into Buffalo and wins this matchup. Obviously, Allen is 0-2 in the playoffs uh, against Mahomes, but 3-1 and in the regular season. Uh, it's just he's going to contemplate life if he can't get this win. <laughs> 
it, well, it, it's something that Mahomes hasn't been able to do a few times. You know, like the, the Titans AFC Championship game team is going to be completely disassembled by the start of this upcoming season. The GM was fired, Vrabel's gone, and Tannehill will be gone, and, and Derrick Henry looks like he'll be gone. I mean, you, and I, you could do this several steps along the way. What, if, what do the Bengals do to answer the question the Chiefs expose? What do the Bills do to get over the hump the Chiefs have put in the way? It, it really is a spot in which they're kind of like those prime New England Patriots teams where it's just the boogeyman in the conference. You simply have to get through the Chiefs to accomplish anything. And if, if they go do this in Buffalo and it happens to them again, yeah, it, it is going to send some real shockwaves. I, I don't know... I don't know how much Buffalo can kind of reload after this season. I think at this point, Sean McDermott's job is probably safe. But if, if the Chiefs win this game on Sunday, the, the Bills are going to have to do some real soul searching. I'll even feel probably a little bad for Josh Allen because he is such a great competitor. And uh, obviously, you know, he's been able to beat Mahomes, but just not in the playoffs. And, and that, would, that would be a heartbreaker. I love watching him play. Uh, I wouldn't mind if his last game of the season was on Sunday, I'll be honest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't feel bad enough that I actually want him to win. I would just feel bad. Um, so who is one player for you? I, I know you said you're really looking for an amped up Mahomes, um, so don't pick him. But one player you think is not going to have a breakout game. You can't have a breakout game um, at this point in the season, but it is, is primed for a big performance. Uh, since I mentioned the linebackers also, I'm going to go ahead and go to Legereus Sneed. He, he was so good against Stephon Diggs in the first round earlier this season. He has been so good against all of the number one receivers he's gone up against this year. He was spectacular against Tyreek Hill last week. So I, I think this just continues the Legereus Sneed sort of rising star campaign. He should have been a pro bowler. He should have been an all-pro, honestly. And the, the fact that he didn't make you know, see was, you know, infuriating and confusing. But I, I think he's going to follow Diggs around again, and he's just going to make that dude's life absolutely miserable. So I, I'll take another thing with Jerry's speed game. If I did that every game this year, I don't know that I would have been wrong yet. Yeah, uh, I saw that Spag said he was like a proud papa, I think is yes. what he said about um, Snee's performance against Tyreek Hill. Um, I think I also saw Stefan Diggs today is on, um, he, I think he was limited in practice. We'll, like I said, we'll find out more here from a Buffalo Bills re team reporter joining us. Um, but then you also look at Gabe Davis um, back in 2021. Versus Chiefs, eight catches for 201 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. First player in NFL history to record four touchdown catches in a playoff game. But he's questionable. I don't think, um, from what I've seen, he's probably not going to go. So um, there's definitely a deep threat for, uh, you know, the Bills that might not get to see the field. Yeah, like whatever is happening with him, there was, I think it was Nate Tice from, uh, from The Athletic who had a great comparison several weeks back, maybe a month or two ago now, I guess. Uh, that has really stuck with me is, is he just he tweeted something about how Gabe Davis and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are like perfect comparisons for each other. And I think that kind of fits. I mean, you have like the insane Gabe Davis stat line, and then he will go like three weeks without, you know, making a significant splash in that offense. Not necessarily the drops and the miscommunications or the style of player that he is. So I, uh, I will be very, very intrigued to see what those pass-catching options look like. And then again, on the other side, with all the injuries they've had at corner, we're talking about, you know, can Mahomes and one of the wide receivers pick on Kyrie Elam a few times in this game? And I, again, just so much like last week with Miami, I, I was entering the week thinking there was a real chance I was going to pick against the Chiefs. And then as the injury stuff all solidified, I started looking around and realizing I actually kind of like the matchups for Kansas City. 
And then, uh, of course, Red Zone, we want to be a lot better in. And as much as I love Harrison Bucker, love you, you're the best. Awesome guy, awesome kicker. I want to see more touchdowns. What do you think the Chiefs need to do? I mean, how, I don't know, I'm not in the... I'm not at practice. I'm not in the in the room with Andy Reid, but I guess how do you uh, like combat that? How do you get your guys once you get down there close to to punch it in for six? It's a good question, and, and with unfortunately complicated answers at times, because I, I think the best we can do at this point, we've been doing this all year in some form. We really we did this last year too. I think the best thing you can do is figure out why did this drive result in a field goal attempt instead of a touchdown. I was going to pick two for you. One is the third offensive drive against Miami. The Chiefs march down the field. You get Pacheco at the Wildcat and get about like four yards. Then the next uh, second and six, they hand it off from the 10-yard line. Pacheco gets like a yard. End of the first quarter, then third and six from the 10, the snap's slow. The snap's slow. Mahomes kind of has to scramble a little bit. He takes off right and just kind of throws it away, and they bring Butker out. Well, in that case, Creed Humphrey, for as excellent of a player as he is, and I think that that side of the end zone and that side of the field is slick. So, you know, there's reasons that happens, I guess. But that being a low snap pretty much took away the Chiefs' chance at, at converting on third down. Then you have what should have been a touchdown for Rasheed Rice taken off the board for Juwan Taylor's block in the back penalty. Now, I don't think that was a real penalty. I, he got dominoed, and it should not have been called in my eyes. But that's what gets called there. Take a touchdown off the board. It moves you back. You ended up having to settle again. In those instances, we're talking about mistakes and seven booked wounds again. I, I know I'm a broken record. I know it's the first thing we talked about. It's not one of the one of the last things we'll talk about tonight. But it is them getting in their own ways, and there's layers to it. The Rasheed Rice play worked, right? Like that was a touchdown. That's not a coaching issue or a play calling issue. It worked. It was an execution issue and really kind of a refereeing issue. But you can only blame the ref so much. In this case, I don't think it's a penalty, but it's an execution problem. It's, it's not, it might have been a great play. Creed Humphrey lets the ball slip and it ends up low to Mahomes and the whole thing gets blown up. So I don't, I think the good news is that it's not like some unfixable boogeyman issue. But the bad news is it's not one thing. It's, it's going to end up being many things all together. In this case, again, just, just trying to figure out the best way to, to, not, to not end your own drive and, and take a play off the board that the defense has to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you brought up Juwan Taylor. I feel like Juwan's like that kid in school that like every time the teacher looks over, uh, he's the one talking and he and yes. like, you know yes. what I'm saying? There's that kid yes. that's always like, what the heck? Like he was he was talking. It wasn't me. You know, like he's just always getting blamed. The, the first day of school, he, he, like, talked a little bit, and then it was like, all right, sorry. And then as the day went on, all the other kids were like, Joe, I'm talking again. Like, I'm really not. I'm obeying the rules. I'm talking when we're supposed to be talking. And then the teachers were just all watch that the rest of the year. And, and yeah, so, some of them get a false start in the Dolphins game. It was just a false start. It was just a penalty. But some of the ticky-tack stuff, I, I do think he's still paying for uh, being a little quick back in week one. And that is pretty frustrating. And I can't imagine how frustrating it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, last thing here to finish off, maybe get everybody kind of hyped up, excited, wanting to run through a brick wall. Uh, Mike Dana said today, talking about Spags, and um, he referred to him as a wizard, and then he said he knows how to get after the quarterback, and we're going to do that on Sunday. I'm excited for that. I love that comment. Yeah, I, I think everything, honestly, from both sides of the ball, there is no excuse for anything less than 100% juice 
been the best shot you have, being in Buffalo, the first road playoff game, all of it to me is, is bubbling in a direction of this being the exact type of game you want to see to end the, the divisional round weekend, the last game of the weekend, Sunday night, when cross-promo post-game with me and Dylan and Covell will be running right after the game. I'm really excited to talk about it, whatever it is that happens. I certainly prefer the Chiefs to advance, but there is such good energy here in terms of rattle Josh Allen, fix your offensive mistakes, try to put together the best game you can with, with really, I think, the, the right two teams being the ones that, that finish off the weekend. All right, Josh, I love it. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us here, and uh, let's get this Chiefs win. I, I'm really excited for you guys to be talking in postgame about a win rather than a loss. It's always more fun that way. Thank you for having me, and hopefully we get to talk again about the Chiefs continuing to play football into uh, the later weeks here in January, maybe even in early February. I, All right. I take it, but I'm greedy. Yeah. Woo. Okay, thanks. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Anytime. That was Josh Briscoe helping us get ready for the big Bills Chiefs divisional round matchup. Next up, Maddie Glab, Buffalo Bills team reporter, joining us here tonight on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're tuned in to She's on the Mic with Bethany Bowman on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thanks for joining us here again on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to She's on the Mic, and I'm your host, Bethany Bowman. If you missed it, we just finished up talking with Josh Briscoe here of the station about the big Chiefs-Bills divisional round matchup coming up. And now, excited to welcome in Buffalo Bills team reporter Maddie Glab. Thank you so much, Maddie, for joining us here tonight. And we're excited for a big divisional round matchup between Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. Yes, I am so excited for this one. I've been looking forward to it, to see this team, what they've been able to do in the last six weeks, six straight wins to lead up to the divisional round game against, of course, the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. What can be more exciting? Absolutely. How is the weather in Buffalo right now? And how was Monday's <laughs> game against the Steelers in terms of weather? Obviously, it got you know, pushed back a little bit. And what can Kansas City fans expect from the conditions in Buffalo this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it stopped snowing since that game. Of course, there was all the snow in the lead-up to the game, and the game gets moved, and fans have to help shovel out the stadium, and you have this game, and you have a break in the weather. But then the game, the game ended, and afterward it was like, oh, we're supposed to get another one to three feet of snow in western New York, different parts getting up to three feet of snow. Like, what the heck is it ever going to end? So we've been dealing with that snow since the game. Now, I'll say it hasn't been as windy, so the blizzard-like conditions we haven't really seen. Um, that's what really caused the game to be moved in the first place against the Steelers. So right now it's it's still coming down but it seemed to slow down a bit the game against the Steelers it, it was chilly I'm not going to say it was as cold as the Kansas City game that they had <laughs> against the Dolphins because that was cold 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 it was chilly for our game there were some flurries there was a little bit of wind but nothing really impacting the play on the field I mean they got all the snow cleared in time it was fun to see fans really celebrating and, and enjoying the atmosphere. So that's always something fun to look forward to. I don't think snow or, or weather is going to impact this game at all. I mean, looking at the daily forecast here, I think Orchard Park is supposed to get, you know, another few inches tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. But Sunday is looking like 
the snow is going to stop. It's looking like it could be cloudy, but maybe we'll see the sun peak out. It's a low of 18 right now, a high of 26 winds at 20 miles per hour, but we'll see if that like cools down by the time the game is going to be played at 630. So I don't think we have to worry about the snow in this one. I know clearing the snow will be another big storyline because of the fact that it has snowed probably another foot or so here in Orchard Park since that game. So they'll be working on getting the stadium ready to go. But, you know, this fan base is incredible. They care about the team so much. Uh, the people who work here do an amazing job working around the clock to make sure that the playing conditions are as perfect as possible on that field. So I'm not worried about any of that. There might be a little bit of snow in the stands. I would guess it's not going to be anything as bad as it was against the Steelers. Yeah, I think some of uh, our players here in Kansas City are um, expecting it to feel warm up there in Buffalo after their <laughs> uh, their negative temperatures game versus the Dolphins. Uh, it got down to, I think, negative 30 wind chill. So um, you, you guys definitely got all the snow, but um, it'll probably, probably feel pretty nice to play in 27-degree weather. The Bills, like you said, playing great football right now, having won six straight. What is clicking for this football team right now? You know, just around the locker room and, and for the coaching staff and the players, we keep hearing the word resiliency. And then the group has been resilient. And it's been about kind of blocking out the outward noise, blocking out the judgment by, by other people, and really looking from within, digging deeper, finding finding what they truly are as a group, as a player, as a man. And I think they've been able to do that. And you've seen that play out on the field. They talk about, you know, we've gotten closer, we've gotten tighter, we're hanging out more, we're spending more time around each other. And so I think you see how they care for each other in games. You see that play out. We, we do mic'd up segments with our players and we mic up guys every week and you can watch the, the you know, eight to ten minute video piece and a lot of times you see guys encouraging each other, telling guys they love each other and I think that's a big part of, of what this group has done in the last six to seven weeks and, and probably even before that, um, but we're really starting to see it work in terms of wins. Um, and when you look at how they've been playing, I mean, the defense has done an incredible job uh, since week 14 when they really started to turn it around and win those games. Their stats have, have been pretty much out of this world, not counting last week, but just really finishing out the regular season since week 14. They were averaging or allowing under 17 points per game. They have allowed just two passing touchdowns, which was the lowest number in the NFL. They were allowing a very low passer rating, uh, which was the best in, in the NFL. I think it was, that number was in the 60s. Yeah, a 66 passer rating, which ranked number one. So I think you saw the defense start to get healthier. Now health necessarily isn't on their side because we did have some injuries going into that wild card round, and we have even more coming out of the wild card round game. But you've been able to see the depth um, step up, step up to the challenge, and you haven't seen a drop off in the way those guys have played. And, and we've heard several coaches say, especially on defense where they face a lot of these injuries, hey, we don't have to change what we're doing because our depth is, is good and is capable of doing what our starters are doing, and we show that belief and confidence in them throughout the week so that when they step up to the plate, when it's time to go, they're able to excel at a high level. 
So defensively, I think the defense really stepped up and, and turned it around um, and really made it hard for opposing teams to score on them and have success. And then you saw the offense. You saw the resurgence of this run game. You saw the success of the rushing offense come together. And, and since week 14, Again, not counting this last playoff game, but they were doing a great job with their run game, averaging close to 150 rushing yards a game, which ranked top five in the NFL. Um, they were near 25 points a game. I know that's not the same as, as if you look at the entire season, that point total goes a little bit higher, but they were having success running the football. And then with that, I think you, you saw a little bit of a load come off of Josh Allen's shoulders, and you kind of saw uh, the true player that we know him to be, um, that true competitor. And the things that he did a, against the Steelers, he, he ripped off a, a rushing touchdown of, of more than 50 yards. And we've seen it a lot as Bills fans and as people who have covered the team and as people who have watched Josh Allen in his career, just to see him do something like that. Um, it's surprising in the moment, but then you're like, ah, this is who this quarterback is. He's just like that. And so I think from the offense to the defense, you've really seen this team come together, including special teams as well, because they've been a big part of it. Uh, Sam Martin uh, got a uh, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month, and of course now he's injured and, and has not been a part of practices. We signed Matt Hawk um, as a puncher just in case they need to use him. So it's really been, I think, the team coming together and then playing to a different level over the last six weeks. Well, you mentioned, you know, a very depleted uh, Bills team right now with a lot of injuries, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to get to that in a minute, but on a more positive note, you know, we're going to see a quarterback battle for the ages it has been awesome here recently the Chiefs and Bills obviously so much history and Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen three and three against each other including the postseason Allen is three and one head to head in the regular season but 0 and two versus Mahomes in the playoffs so first let's just note how lucky we've been to see this incredible rivalry between two elite quarterbacks and how badly do you feel like Josh Allen wants to add a postseason victory to that record I mean, so badly. This team wants to move on. They want to advance in the playoffs. The Chiefs are the next opponent, so obviously they want to be able to get through that next opponent. But they know the Chiefs are, are a very respectable opponent. They have not been able to beat the Chiefs yet in the Josh Allen era, in the Sean McDermott era. This is uh, a hurdle that they need to get over. And, and Josh Allen talked about, you know, if we want to be at the top of the mountain, we have to climb that mountain. And, and the Chiefs have been at the top. They've been the team who have won it all. And, and that's why we have a lot of respect for them. But if we want to do that, we have to keep winning. We have to keep advancing. Um, and to be able to to get this next opponent in the Chiefs, I mean, we know by now when these two teams face each other in the playoffs, we are going to see some grade-A football. It is great football. It is something that every NFL fan wants to sit down and watch because of these two quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. The way that both of them play the game is just so fun from a fan perspective. There's so much respect that goes into it when you hear them talk about each other. I, I love that because I, I know some quarterbacks, whether it's in, in the past or in the present, there might be a little bit of rivalry. And of course, you could say there's a rivalry between these two guys, but the way that they talk about each other is with so much respect. We know they see each other in the offseason, so I just really have a lot of admiration for, for how they look at how each other play the game because it is something that very few quarterbacks 
can do in today's NFL. I mean, in the last two playoff games, we've seen these guys combine for 13 total touchdowns in two playoff games. The last time we saw them compete in a playoff game, which was the 13 seconds game, which I think is etched into Bill's fans' brains, we saw them each have four total touchdowns apiece. I mean, you look at their passer range in these games, and they're over 100. It's just they play up to each other's level and they elevate each other's play because you know if you're going to be on the field with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you're going to have to play your best. And that's what we see between these two. And I know this team wants to be able to to say they have beaten a Chiefs team in the playoffs, but they got to be up. They got to be able to play up to their level, um, play the level that the Bills know that they can play. They know they can be a great team, but that has to come together um, on Sunday evening. The complementary football with the offense and the defense and special teams playing together. They've got to be able to see that happen because when you play a team like the Chiefs, you have to have everything working in unison uh, because if you don't, it's really hard to beat a team that has what they have on offense. But then the defense this year for the Chiefs has, has, has been amazing. I mean, Chris Jones, Carl Office, Steve Spagnuolo, um, that's been a real strength for this team. So the, the team and the offense, they know that they have their work cut out for them. And you just mentioned the defense, so I'm going to jump to that. The Bills allowed 18.3 points per game and the Chiefs 17.3 throughout the regular season. Two of the top defenses in the league this year. You know, Sean McDermott and Spags, Steve Spagnola have history together. What do you think makes Sean so successful defensively? You know, I have some thoughts on, on what's making Steve so great here in Kansas City, but uh, I think you obviously have to go back to some of the time that they spent together and how that's rubbed off on each of them. Yeah, definitely. I asked Sean McDermott this week, you know, what can you expect from a Steve Spagnuolo defense? And, and he talked about, you know, we spent quite a bit of time together when we were each in Philadelphia. Um, I think it, they overlapped from 1999, I want to say, to like 2007, if I'm correct. So they spent several years together. Uh, and because of that, there's a respect there. There's a respect for what they're able to do. And, and they were able to um, take things from their defensive coordinator at that time in, in Philly, who was Jim Johnson. And <clears throat> Sean McDermott said, you know, Spags has done a great job at taking Jim Johnson's pressure schemes and, and making them his own and, and putting his own signature on it and, and giving offenses a lot of different looks, a lot of different pressure run looks, a lot of different fronts. Um, so I think just like Spags, Sean McDermott has done a great job of, of taking what he has learned in his prior experiences with the Eagles and with uh, Carolina to be able to put his own stamp of approval on the Bills defense. And, and when I step back and, and look at what he's been able to do from a head coaching uh, experience and being able to also be the defensive play caller, that's a lot of responsibilities. That's a lot of things that you're asked to do in a game, um, just alone from being a head coach. And then to, add, to, to do a defensive coordinator job on, on top of that, that's even more. And I think he's, he's done such a great job 
and being able to call the defense and be the head coach. And you've seen it you've seen it play out in, in the stats that they've posted. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the NFL, and I think you can expect that every single year from a Sean McDermott defense just in the way that they've been able to, to play the game. Um, but they've allowed the, the second-least passing touchdowns this season, 18 in the regular season, under 20 points a game. But they've also had the injuries, and that's what has impressed me so much about this group and this defensive staff is if guys are out, other guys are able to step up in their place. And like I said before, there's no drop-off. So I think that's it's been amazing to see the group do that this year and suffer so many injuries on defense and still play up to the level that they've been playing at from the beginning of the season. Absolutely. And no one has put up more than 27 points on the Chiefs this season. The Packers put up exactly 27 in Week 13. The Bills' offense has averaged 26.5 points per game in the regular season and scored 31 last week in the first postseason game versus the Steelers. You know, while having both would be ideal, do you feel like a strong offensive or defensive performance is more important for this Bills team this week versus Kansas City? I mean, of course, both would be ideal, but I look at this game from a standpoint of the defense is facing some injuries, and we're not going to—we're not sure yet who's going to be able to go. Hopefully, this team gets a, at least a few guys back. Um, but even if they aren't at full health, the defense, while they have been playing up to the same standard with backups. You think about, okay, well, this defense is going up against the Chiefs offense and and we're down some starters. We may be down a few starters. Not sure exactly what that's going to look like yet, but if that's the case, then you want your offense to be able to carry the group. You want your offense to be able to finish the game out. And that may look like the offense scoring 30 points against this Chiefs team because we know even though the Chiefs have been averaging a low number this season compared to other years with Patrick Mahomes, they rank 15th this year in the regular season, averaging 21.8 points per game. But I don't think anybody's letting those stats fool them because they know what this team is capable of when the games matter most, when it's a winner-go-home scenario. So, so then I look at, okay, what's in store for the offense for the Bills? What can Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs and, and James Cook and the offensive line and Khalil Shakir and, and Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid do to help out this defense so that they don't have to be on the field for more than half of the game? What is the latest injury status for the Bills? I know as of Wednesday, yesterday, it looked like a pretty lengthy list with 11 guys that either did not practice or were limited in practice. Yeah, so it's it's pretty lengthy. Again, they just released the injury report for today, so I'll read it off for you. So limited uh, Tyrell Dodson, our linebacker, who did not play in last week's game. He was limited along with Rasul Douglas, one of our starting cornerbacks, who also did not play in last week's game. So good to see these two guys being limited. Maybe we could get them back. I, I really hope we do. Uh, Taron Johnson, our nickel cornerback, who suffered a concussion in last week's game. He's in concussion protocol still. He was limited in the last two practices. Um, that is good as well. Our punter, Sam Martin, who got injured in last week's game, running after that um, blocked punt. He did not practice on Wednesday, but he did practice on Thursday, so that's a positive. So those are a few guys that maybe will be back in the mix. We'll have to see what, thir- what Friday's practice looks like. But 
the guys who did not practice, one of our starting cornerbacks, Christian Benford, has not practiced yet that this week. He got hurt in last week's game. Our starting uh, Mike linebacker, Terrell Bernard, who got injured in last week's game, he has not practiced this week as well. Gabe Davis, who did not play in last week's game, still working through that knee injury, he has not practiced at all this week. Stefan Diggs is dealing with a foot issue. He also had a vet rest day, so we did not see him uh, practice today. Uh, other guys who did not practice, Taylor Rapp, he wasn't in last week's game. He had a calf injury. He hasn't practiced this week at all. And then one of our other linebackers, Baylin Spector, who's more of a rotational player, um, but who we did see play a starting role when Tyrell Dodson did not play last week. He got injured in last week's game, but has not practiced this week. So quite a, a big list of injuries as I list them out. Um, we'll see what Friday looks like. Friday we will be able to get uh, the guys who are questionable and maybe hear about if Sean McDermott has ruled any players out for Sunday's game. But hopefully this group continues to get better. My hands and my fingers or my, my fingers and my toes are crossed. <laughs> well, obviously a lot of defensive um, injuries right now, and that'll play a big part. But, you know, we know how big of a game against Kansas City Gabe Davis had in 2021. Eight catches for 201 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. He was the first player in NFL history to record four touchdown catches in a playoff game. So, you know, if he's out of this game, out of this matchup, how do the Bills fill that role if he cannot go? Yeah, I, I would love to see Gabe Davis go in this game because of what he did against the Chiefs in the playoffs, that four-touchdown game. He also has six career receiving touchdowns in the playoffs, which are the tied for second most in Bills history. But another guy who has six receiving touchdowns in the playoffs his name is Dawson Knox, and I think maybe we could see a little bit of a healthy dose of him. Um, of course, Gabe Davis is not a tight end. He's a wide receiver, so if you're looking at who would play in that position, I think we would see a little bit more from Trent Sherfield, um, who hasn't been used that much this season in terms of catching the football. He is on the field for quite a bit of the games and has played a healthy dose just if you're looking at snap count, um, but we could see him receive some more targets. Maybe you'll see a little bit more from Dalton Kincaid, who has been, who has played a really big role on the team this season. Uh, he was our leading receiver last week in the wild card round, had 59 receiving yards. Um, Khalil Shakir has been a bright spot in this offense this season. It's really been fun to see how he has come on as a wide receiver. Um, when Josh Allen targets him, he has a 139.6 passer rating. Uh, that includes the playoffs this season, and that's the highest in the NFL among quarterback and wide receiver duos. He also led the NFL this year in catch rate for wide receivers, 86.7%. So you would probably see him in the fold as well. And maybe you'll see a little bit more out of James Cook in terms of catching the football. Um, we know he has ran the football against the Chiefs. Um, we saw him play a decent role in the receiving end of things as well um, the last time these two met. So I think it could be a healthy dose of all of these guys just because um, I feel like every week with this offense, it's somebody new who steps up, somebody new who gets involved. And it's, it's looked at as like kind of like rotational in terms of guys getting touches, guys getting carries. We heard this week that 
guys, opposing teams are starting to game plan for a player like Kolo Shakir, who has kind of come on strong this year. And so maybe that will open things up for a player like Stefan Diggs, who, of course, you're going to key in on in playoff games because he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Maybe that opens things up a little bit more from him. I think we would all love to see him go off in a playoff game, but we know that he's going to be going up against a really talented secondary that the Chiefs have. Yeah, and he definitely has the ability to have a huge game, so I know that's going to be a, a key focal point for Spags and his defense. Maddie, I could talk to you for you know another hour about all this, but you know we <laughs> we don't have that time. Um, so just a couple more things. Um, I thought it was interesting looking at the red zone numbers. The Bills sit middle of the league in opponent red zone touchdown scoring percentage, fifty five point seven seven. But offensively, Kansas City hasn't been particularly great in that category. I know that's something they would like, actually love to improve. Nineteenth in the league at fifty two point two four percent and you know they've done a great job getting into the red zone but it's just frustrating obviously not to be able to to finish that off with a touchdown luckily we have a great kicker in Harrison Butker but we'd like to have um, a few more points in those trips has Sean McDermott spoke on or addressed the team's thoughts on their red zone defense performance this year I mean it ranking it ranking in the middle of the pack of course I think if you were asked him about it it would be, hey, that's an area we need to improve and we need to be better uh, in that area. The nice thing is that, and I know this doesn't always come in the red zone, but their takeaways have been pretty high this season. Uh, They rank third in the NFL with 30 takeaways and tied for third with 18 interceptions. And those takeaways can turn into points for the offense. And, And actually, uh, Kair Elam, one of our cornerbacks who had to come in for Christian Benford, he was targeted right away against the Steelers and had a defensive pass interference call on him pretty much within the first few snaps that he had played. And the Steelers were in the red zone, and he picked off um, Mason Rudolph in the end zone. So we did have one of those red zone takeaways, actually one in the end zone last week. So I would love to see more out of that in from this group uh, because the Chiefs are a tough opponent and even if their red zone numbers aren't perfect you know they're going to turn it up a notch in the playoffs when these games truly matter and if you look at the Bills defense in home playoff games since 2020 they've actually been really really good in the red zone only allowing touchdowns 47.6 percent of the time which ranks fifth among NFL teams during that span. Well, I'll end here with this and probably the most uh, hard-hitting question of the day. Um, Are you (laughs) excited at the um, potential idea of Taylor Swift being in Buffalo to watch her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey? Of course, I'm excited. I have loved getting to see her embrace the NFL this season. I've loved to see new people also embrace the NFL this season and become fans of this game because of someone like Taylor Swift. I think if anybody can help bring new fans to this league, this league that I've grown to love so much and and am so lucky to cover every single day. I am for whoever's going to help bring along more people to to cheer on these incredible athletes and these incredible teams. Uh, And I do enjoy her music as well. So I am so excited to see her in Buffalo. Yeah, we've we've loved it. We've loved all the uh, the attention it's brought to not only the Chiefs but just the NFL. So um, hopefully we'll see her there. I don't know. I haven't heard anything yet on if she's um, planning on going, but 
I, I would I would probably say yes. I think she might be there. <laughs> yeah, playoff game. You know, why not? You got to have your supporters there. Absolutely. Well, Maddie, thank you so much. So insightful. And uh, you do a great job covering the Bills. So, so glad to have you with us here tonight. And um, best of luck on Sunday, but not too much luck against the Chiefs. Thank you, Bethany. It'll be such a fun game. I'm really looking forward to it. Under the lights, Sunday night in the elements of not the snow, but a little bit of cold weather, I think is going to be fun to watch these two teams compete in. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for tonight's edition of She's on the Mic. I'm Bethany Bowman. Thanks again for joining us here tonight. And don't go anywhere. We've got The Shift with Jack Johnson coming up next right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.